0: Well, this is the last week of our series, Blinded, where we look at Paul's journey and apply the different lessons that we can learn from there to our own lives. Uh, next week, we'll start a short three-week series on being neighborly. Uh, so people who I normally share that with just know that was shared with you. If you didn't see it, uh, let me know, and maybe it wasn't, but uh, just kidding, it probably did. Anyways, today we're going to be looking at the last um, story um, about Paul, like I said, and uh, apply that to to us. And and so I was thinking this week about um, in my life how how do I relate to Paul? And we're going to be looking at Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses one through ten. It talks about where Paul uh, Paul talks about having this thorn in his side. And I've shared this story a number of times. I'm not going to dig uh, deep into it, but a lot of you guys know I broke my back when I was 18 playing football, um, and. Just to continue that, there has not been a day since that happened that I have not experienced some amount of pain because of that injury. Um, Now, there are days where it's minimal, and there are days where it's unbearable. There are days that even with the pain, I feel like, hey, I can live a normal life. Yesterday, uh, for instance, I changed the brakes and rotors on our Toyota because uh, it was metal on metal, and uh, you need brakes. So, um, in case you were wondering... So, there are days I'm able to do stuff like that. Uh, there are days, however, where I have been confined to a bed, sometimes weeks, where I just cannot move or I am in absolutely excruciating pain. When I was 18 years old, and it happened after a couple months, I was going to see a specialist and they finally decided to do some MRIs and some x rays. And the doctor told me, she sat us down and she said, I I've never seen anything like this before, but you have arthritis in your back worse than most 75-year-olds. And um, my first question, being an 18-year-old kid, I was a little freaked out. My first question was, is this going to, like, shorten my life? Like, am I going to die young because I've got this? And she said, oh, no, 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 no. You'll live a very long life. You're just going to be in pain for the rest of it. And I said, well, gee, thanks uh, for the good news. Um, But I'll tell you, uh, she's not been wrong so far. She's very correct. Now, here's the thing. I know that God can heal me and I've prayed that prayer regularly. I ask God all the time, God, please take this from me. I just don't think I can deal with it anymore. Most of the time that happens on days where the pain is a lot worse. And I'll, I'll be honest. I've prayed that prayer thousands of times since the injury happened a lot more early on than I do recently. And To be frank, my back is no better today than it was then. In fact, it's worse, and it progressively gets that way, and I have a long life of surgeries heading my way. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know why I haven't been healed. It's not because I haven't asked. Like I said, I've prayed that prayer thousands of times. I promise you, it's not because I don't believe. My faith in God and His ability to heal is steadfast, and it is true. And I think that at any second, if I ask... He could make it happen. It's not for a lack of effort. It's not for the fact that other people haven't prayed for me, because that happens all the time too. So, what should I believe? What am I left with? Does God not exist? Should I believe that God doesn't exist? Or should I believe that God does exist, but for whatever reason, He just doesn't love me? Or should I maybe believe that He just doesn't answer prayer? God will listen, but He just doesn't really care. Here's the thing, I won't stand for any of that, and I'll tell you why. I have seen God in the miracles that are my children. I have been blessed with more than I personally could ever feel deserving of, and I have a very long list of prayers that God has answered beyond what I ever possibly imagined could happen. So again, I will tell you, I don't know why, but I do know this. That God will be victorious even in my pain and at times my suffering. We learn from Paul that struggle and unanswered prayers do not equate to an uncaring God or a failure in our faith. And we also learn that having a thorn in our side can be a gift. It can be a gift. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 10 says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows. I read that twice. Verse three, I'm going to start over. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, not for Christ's sake, I delighted, or that is why, for Christ's sake, I delighted in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Be proud of what Christ has made you. Be proud of what Christ has made you. This passage is really interesting because that man that Paul's talking about that he knew 14 years earlier was himself. He's talking about that conversion experience he had where he was welcomed up into the third heaven to, to come forward and, and really get to know Jesus and meet Jesus and, and learn all about who Jesus was. Now, that is one of those things we can get hang, hung up on. So third heaven, that's just the way that they referred to where God was, right? First heaven was earth. Second heaven was space. Third heaven was wherever it is that Jesus resided. And so Paul's saying, I was—I had this face-to-face interaction with Jesus and, and he was he blessed me in this way and he changed my life. What he became in that moment And in that time, that is something to boast about. Paul is saying, listen, what Christ made me, that's something that I can boast about. That's something that I can share. That's something that I can be proud of. What has he done on his own? Nothing. He he fully recognizes that. He will boast about the man whom he has become through Jesus. But who he is on his own merits, that's nothing to boast about. Right? That's nothing for him to be proud of. Only his weaknesses. That's what he says he'll proclaim. In my weaknesses, I will proclaim those so that others see the strength of my God. Through our weaknesses, God is made great. You should be proud of who God has turned you into. You should brag about that. But you should brag about that in the right way. It's not, look at what I am. It's look at what God has made me. Hey, you may not think I'm doing so great now, but if you would just see how far I've come from where I started and what it is that God has done in my life, you would be absolutely amazed. Paul even goes on to kind of humble brag and talk about himself. Hey, I've had some really great revelations, and I'm one heck of a teacher and pretty wise, and I know all these things, and you can learn so much from me, but I'm not bragging about that. See because it's not me that's doing that, it's Christ that's doing that. And so you should first and foremost be thrilled about what it is that God has done in your life and of that you should brag. Of that you should brag, of that you should boast. 1 Corinthians 131 through chapter 2 verse 1 says therefore as it is written, let no one who boasts boast in the Lord. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. See, if we boast, it should only be about what God has done. If you boast, it should only be about what God has done for you, not what you have accomplished, not what you're so great at, but what God has blessed you with the ability to do and what God has blessed you with. As far as how you get to live your life and the experiences that you've had, as Christians, everything we should we do should be pointed back to Christ. It should be pointed back to what it is that he's done for us. Here's the thing that's really hard for us to do. It's something I'm going to challenge you to do today. and It's something that's been really difficult for me to accomplish, but I am going to challenge you to accept your thorn. Accept your thorn, whatever it may be. See, Paul acknowledged that his thorn had brought him humility because of all the greatness that he felt like he was able to do. He felt like he had to have that, that in the end, that was actually a blessing from God because it kept him humble. Now, I've said that I don't know why I haven't been healed, but if you wanted me to guess, I would say that this same reason is at least part of it. Now, some of you knew me when I was younger, knew me in high school, knew me in middle school. I was what you would call cocky. I told Jericho this the other day. I am what you would call an irrational confidence person, right? I'm supremely confident. Don't really know that I have a reason to be. I just kind of am, right? But this thorn that God has given me, this injury with my back, I will tell you has kept me humble. I was a big, strong kid, right? I'd be that kid. I'd walk right down through the middle of the hallway in high school and people would just part. I'm not going to move. You're going to move. Like, I just thought I was the coolest thing since sliced bread, as the saying goes. But I'll be honest with you, it's real hard to be a tough guy when you can't pick up a watermelon. Really difficult. It's even more difficult when you have to tell your boss that you uh, are calling in because you threw your back out, bending over to turn the faucet on uh, when you brush your teeth in the morning. Remember that, Heath? Yeah. It's even more difficult uh, to be... Bragadocious. Oh, I like that word. When your wife is having to take your shoes and socks off for you, just doesn't make you feel like a real big tough guy, a real man, something that you can walk around with your chest puffed out about. It has done a lot to make me a more humble and caring and loving human being. I have come to accept the fact that even if I live in pain the rest of my life, it has made me better. It rechanged the focus of my entire life. I came back to Jesus, to a relationship with Jesus, because I broke my back. Because before that happened, I knew who Jesus was. I believed that Jesus was who he said he was, but I was living 100% for myself. I was focused on everything I wanted, on everything I thought I could accomplish, and it was all about me, 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 me. We were in a relationship, whatever that relationship would be, it was how you could serve me. It was how you could improve my life. But breaking my back literally changed all that. It forced me to find a new direction. It forced me to rely more heavily on God. It forced me to understand that I was not invincible. And that in an instant, everything can change. And in my life, it has been good for me. And so, yes, there are times where I still pray that prayer. God, I just need you to take this away. I can't do it today. I can't stand it. But I know and I will attest to the fact that having that makes me a better human being. Now, you may not have a physical ailment. Maybe it's a spiritual struggle. I've got those too. Maybe it's a difficult relationship that you have in life. Maybe it's a struggle that's not permanent. Maybe it's just something that is a season. You're just going through a difficult season right now that you will come out of. Whatever it may be, hear me on this. Whatever it may be, God gives purpose to your struggle. One of the big failures that we have as Christians, I'm going to cough again. <clears throat> Sorry. One of the big failures that we have as Christians is that we don't give Satan enough credit for the fact that he acts in this world too. Satan is acting and working, I would say, every bit as hard as God. Because he's fighting an uphill battle. And he's looking for ways to bring you down. Whatever it may be. Maybe it's that difficult relationship. Maybe it's you're having a tough time with work. Maybe you're struggling with a physical element, or maybe you're struggling with a spiritual issue. Whatever it may be, Satan is working hard to make sure that that is just cemented in your life. He wants you to make that your focal point. He wants you to dwell on that. He wants you to focus on that. He wants you to say that this thorn that I have is bigger than my God. That's what he desires. So we have to give Satan the credit, but listen to this. God being who God is and his greatness can take what Satan does and shine light on it and shine light. Even in the deepest darkness, God has that power and he can take something that you see no good in and bring about positive. Here's the problem. You may not want that. You may dislike the fact that you have to struggle. You may tell God, "Mm, not for me. But in the end, we have to find a way to accept our thorn and be appreciative of what God can bring about, even in the darkest of situations. Because in the end, things work for us. We don't serve God because we're promised some luxurious life of ease. We follow God because we recognize that even in the darkness, he can create light. And because his love is greater than any evil that we may ever face. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things, the good that you appreciate and the bad that you wish was not part of your life. 1 Timothy 4, four, For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Now, remember, I told you Satan works too. But yes, there is good to be found in that negative light. And so if we can accept that with thanksgiving, if we can change our perspective on how we look at the different struggles that we face, we can find ways to love and appreciate that we are going through those situations. I'm not saying it's not difficult, Okay, I'm not saying that that's not hard. I'm not saying that we should always be joyous in every situation in life because sorrow is a real emotion that we need to feel. feel. Right? We need to be able to go through that full range of emotions. We can't just be robot people, but we must find good in everything. Ecclesiastes 7.14, When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. Now, this is just saying, hey, you can't look at your day-to-day and say, man, my life is good or my life is bad. There's good and bad as we go along this life journey. But in the end, if we put our faith in the one true king, in Jesus and in God, ultimately, we are victorious. And if we can accept that thorn, whatever it may be for you, And you can look to think and see the good that has come from that because it will be there. It will be there. It may take you getting a shovel and digging things up and moving things out of the way. It may require some effort on your part. I'll tell you from personal experience, it may take years. But it will be there. Because God will work all things together for the good of those that love Him. And even in your darkest day, God's love for you does not change. Even in your darkest moment, God's love for you does not change. There have been times where I did not want to live anymore. Jericho will tell you recently, there have been times on the way home from church where I will burst into tears because of the pain that I'm feeling. It just becomes too much. I just can't take it anymore. I have to have that release. Does God not love me because I've experienced pain? Does God not love me because somehow my life didn't work out exactly like I thought it would? Or does God love me even more because in all the darkness, he has still shown me a way to live positive, a way to be a light to the darkness around me, a way to say, even with my lot, even with what's been given to me, I see the good that is there, that exists. I try now, and I have not always been this way, but I try now to always be a glass half full type of person. Annoyingly so, to some. Something can be awful and I'll say, yeah, but this. Oh, shut up, okay. <laughs> right, but I, I try to be a half glass person because I've been on the other side where I always look to the glass as half empty or just completely bone dry. It's real easy to focus on all the negative that happens and let that be our identity and let that be who we are and what we think about and what we spread out into the world. But I'm telling you that that thorn, it's not all bad. Whether it's there for the rest of your life or it's there for the next couple years or it's only there for a day or two, that thorn is not all bad. And if you ask God, he will bring about light in your darkness. Maybe not exactly in the way you were hoping for, but God will bring good out of the most destroyed situation. And I know from personal experience and from talking to a lot of you that there are stories all around this room where that is true. Boast about your weaknesses. Boast about your weaknesses. Listen, being vulnerable is difficult, and it's really, really tough to share weaknesses with the world around you. At least I know it is for me. But it is in our weaknesses that God's strength shines through. Now, I'll be honest with you. I feel pretty weak as a pastor. I always have. I still wonder to this day why God has called me. one of the commitments I made early on is that no matter what, I was going to be real. I was going to share my struggle. I was going to share my frustration. I would share my downfalls because I wanted people to know and understand and see that even up here on this stage, even in this role, life is a struggle. And that it's okay for you to struggle. Because here I am, a leader of the church. And if I'm struggling, if a person who's been called by God to give his life to a life of service is struggling, then it's okay for you to struggle as well. It's okay for you to experience struggle as well. So I boast about my weaknesses. I have taken this scripture to heart. I boast about my weaknesses because I know that God's strength shines in those moments. I know what I would be without God, and and it is not a pretty picture. It is not a pretty picture. And I am nowhere near what I will be in God someday. I think that I'm constantly improving. And there are times where I'm taking a few steps back. And there are days when some areas are better and some areas are worse. And it's a whirlwind of emotions. But weaknesses don't make us less than, and weaknesses don't make us less valuable, and weaknesses don't make us less Christian. I'd say they do the opposite. They make us more human. They show our pain. They show our suffering. They show that God, in spite of everything that we don't quite do well, Can love anyways. Christians are not a bunch of perfect people who have it all figured out. Christians are a bunch of imperfect people who have figured out that they need God. I tell people all the time the difference between a Christian and a non Christian is that we've experienced the grace of Jesus. That's it. We are a sinner just like the world are sinners. What separates us is not our nature. It's not anything we've done. It's who God is. What you are on your own versus what we are in Christ makes the biggest difference. What you are on your own versus what you are in Christ makes the biggest difference to the world around you. I am this because of God. And on my own, you don't even want to know. Paul says it best. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In your weaknesses, rely on the strength of God and know that your thorn is here to serve you. And it's here to make you better if you'll only let it. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word and your message and for Paul's willingness to share that he had a thorn in his side, that he had just a completely humbling life issue that that made him recognize himself that he wasn't invincible, that he wasn't perfect, that he didn't have everything figured out. God, as Christians, I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. We know how we're supposed to be, and when we don't measure up, we just feel completely defeated. But God, it's not our strength that makes our lives special. It's your strength that makes our lives special. It's your strengths that make our story worth telling, because it's not who we are or what we've become or what we've done. It's all about who you are and what you've done and what you have made us. Help us to show ourselves grace and to understand that even in the darkest of times, even in the deepest of struggles, with whatever they may be, that if we look for it, if we ask for you to show us, we will see light in our darkness. And we will find hope and we will find love and we will find improvement. Help us to be humble enough to boast about our weaknesses, to share with the world around us why it is that ultimately we need you. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.